Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs, and this is Talking Manhattan. And Johnny, we got a good one today. We got John Dugan over at Elegron, and uh, you know this guy gets a lot of production. He's got a great team over there, the home team, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what we're seeing in boots in the ground, John. Yeah, well, speaking of boots in the ground, John is a combat veteran. He was in the Marines. He's worked in some Michelin star restaurants. I mean, he really is a Renaissance man, and now he here, now he's here sharing. His secrets yeah. to being a top producer. So it should be a good one, Noah. Yeah, this guy, this guy's a fighter, right? He'll beat you up, then he's gonna cook you a nice little meal, and then he's gonna That's sell right. you a great property. You know, all, all in one. Triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> John, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna get thank right you. into this. Um, everyone wants to hear what's happening in the streets of Manhattan. It is a complicated market. Um, but let me first ask you, and we'll stop uh, start excuse me, start high level. How is the Manhattan market doing today? Well, first, I have to say thank you so much. I'm a huge fan. You guys have been super helpful for myself and my team throughout this very challenging market uh, with the ability to quickly compute data, you know, um, convey different points that we need to with the data. Maybe like we might have 10 or 15 minutes to prepare for something. Um, so really, really helpful tool you guys have been. <clears throat> and uh, it is a tough market, man. It is a tough market. Um, you know, that's kind of like a high level, like you said, um, view of it. There are some, you know, smaller micro markets that are doing better than others. But I think like the seven and a half percent interest rate is really where it started to pump the brakes for Manhattan a bit, you know, coupled along with the economy, the world's conflicts, the work from home environment. I mean, I think I feel like finally all things have kind of caught up to the city here. And uh, it's definitely been a, a slower start to the full market than we had hoped. Right, right. It's it's you're you're absolutely right about that. We but this is one of the things we've been talking about, especially in our weekly updates. Just we've been waiting for that contract activity to kick in. We finally got a little bit of a green shoot uh, last week, but it's anybody's guess as to how high it can go. But John, I wanted to dig into one of the things you mentioned, which is that I think you're absolutely right. I think interest rates have certainly tampered buyers' enthusiasm for a lot of things. But I'm curious, are there some sectors that are still doing well? And if so, what are they? Well, the new development, well, first of all, cash buyers, I mean, it's their playground out there right now. So, you know, anyone who is all cash, uh, really at any price point at this point, you know, is in a pretty good spot. So on the buy side, I would say uh, it's a cash buyer's playground out there. So, uh, additionally, new developments still seem to be doing well. I mean, you know, they're the sh they're the ni they're being built these days, the nicest they've ever been. It's a great place still for foreign folks to park their money. Uh, you know, their the pricing has come down with them. You know, to almost mimic some of the resale stuff. Uh, so it's really almost viewed as like a great deal right now. Plus the amenities, uh, the different. Again, the work from home atmosphere has, you know, brought the need for maybe people actually finally using the business center in these offices, in these buildings that have, you know, forever and never been used. Um, now, more and more places with pools, you know, I've been in a bunch of new developments the other day in Lincoln Center, and they all have studio recording rooms. So a lot of podcasting going on and things like that. So I feel like those are, you know, definitely people buying with cash, getting what they want. New developments really doing well um, on the sell side. I interestingly enough, the two markets that I've seen that have really been struggling that I've personally seen, uh, 
similar in talking about the new development would be like the call it 2005 to 2015 resale luxury condo market um and so and in addition to that also like the upper east side upper west side like co-op that might need some work um so those have been the two happy to like go into it further but those have been the two that i've seen have been kind of struggling a bit more than others yeah it, it sounds to me like it's a bifurcated market we've talked about it but it's hard to get data to to put um a, a metric onto this to measure it but it sounds to me are, are buyers still heavily penalizing properties that need intervention and improvements now more than ever i'm seeing um because first of all they know they have leverage number one number two the cost of renovating has gone up we used to give a very ballpark guess and if you wanted to really do like a luxury luxury renovation you might be paying like 300 a square foot or something like that again that's just a very ballpark for a high level but that's like almost close to 400 now with a lot of the luxury contractors that we work with and even just getting an ikea type renovation on like a nice one bedroom is going to be could be like almost a hundred thousand dollars you know so it's you know it, it costs of everything plus wait time you know i have a client we just um we helped them close on a beautiful loft in soho on mercer street they ended up doing a really nice renovation i mean it's a beautiful property but they're still you know waiting for their bathroom sinks for nine months you know so cost of materials that the general headaches of dealing with a renovation plus the wait time on a lot of the appliances um are either shying people away from it or helping them load their gun so to speak when making an offer they know that um there's not a, like a lot of liquid liquidity out there in that type of market and so they've been able to beat the sellers down a bit more yeah i i, I think Sellers in that sector need to really understand how the market has changed in that respect. I mean, they, I think a lot of sellers feel like, hey, I renovated this thing seven, eight years ago. You know, it's in my opinion, it's perfect, but that doesn't matter anymore because even if it's in good condition and was recently renovated, if that buyer's like, that's not my taste, I'm going to renovate it, they just put you into that category of a renovation and automatically will bid down. Is that correct of what's going on? I yeah, I, I would say so. And I would say going back to like why current new developments, like they're really like next level to even 10 years ago, seven years ago, like you said, in the, the finishes and things like that, like they're going into some of these new properties and seeing like this unbelievable level of renovations, really well thought out versus something even just seven or eight years ago that might've had more browns and blues and magentas in it or something like that. All yeah. not old stuff. Uh, but almost like uh, just the style, like it was just such a trendy type style at here and gone. Almost not as bad, but almost like going into the 1970s, uh, you know, orange and green kitchens, wondering like, what were these people thinking? Though I happen to like them myself just for fun, um, it, but but a very like a specific style versus now where it's more of a timeless feel what they're seeing out there. Interesting. It's, and and. You know the, the the concept of style and fashion. You know it, it almost mimics what the market's doing, right? Because some of these things shift imperceptibly, right? That it, what is in fashion today might not be in fashion in a few months, but it's not a, ever a black and white thing. And so, thinking about how the market has shifted, you know, understanding that transition from being a high volume, all the buyers are out, to suddenly it's it feels like it's really quiet. 
how do you how do you sense that shift in real time, right? Because Noah and I we're in the rear with the gear. We wait for the contracts to come in. It, it often takes a few weeks before activity picks up for those contracts to get recorded. So I'm wondering on that front line, you know, if you, how do you sense that market shift? I mean, it's such a fluid market. It's really like week to week changing. Um, and that has become one of the most challenging things to deal with as an agent. Of course, you know, we have our own set of things we need to just deal with, but in a line, you know, getting our, um, setting expectations for sellers specifically, like, Hey, we spoke six weeks ago, we've been preparing the, you know, preparing the property for the last few weeks, et cetera. Um, by the way, we think you should list $50,000 less than we mentioned just six weeks ago. And, and like you said, um, you guys are probably more on the front lines than most folks, but with like the news generally being a few months behind, a lot of the general public uh, feels like it's still a hot, hot COVID market. Like they haven't, I'm just starting to see some of the mainstream media report some slowdowns in the market, specifically in New York. So it's like, frankly, they almost don't believe you. Like they're just dumbfounded and can't understand. It doesn't compute why something just a few weeks ago could be so vastly different now. Uh, and in addition with that, um, you know, setting their expectations for days on market, um, you know, with such fluctuations in the last few years, um, it's even hard for me to know what to expect. So I've been really drawing my clients' attention like, hey, if we're continuing to go into this buyer's market, like let's travel back in time to 2018, 2019, where I think is probably a you know, more relevant time to focus on than certainly the last two years in setting expectations where four to six months in the market was not only the norm, it wasn't even that bad. Um, and so, you know, changing super quick. Uh, a lot of the last few years data, not super relevant. And now again, drawing, try to draw them back to, hey, this is where we were before this anomaly. And maybe factoring in some conservative appreciation from those years to help set their expectations. But I let them know up front, like, you know, every week it's changing for us, like, you know, strap in because the news is going to be coming fast and the feedback. And I want, I'd rather you like expect that than, um, you know, paint such a rosy picture. And oh, by the way, six weeks in, like it's a doomsday, you know, it feels like doomsday for the client. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think I see, I hear what you're saying. I think I hear what you're saying. We're, we're, we've come from 2021, which was crazy. We've come from 2022, which was kind of strong. We had a rate shift down. We had kind of a barely bump. And then we've had, a, we've had something over the last four or five months. And it's like the last few years of data is not relevant. It's like, it's no. like the last few years. And, and you mentioned 2018, 2019. In your opinion, do you feel like we're back to 2018, 2019 right now? I mean, different rate environment. Uh, but right. the buyer's market sent right the buyer's market sentiment and the general pace at which the market seems to be moving at that's where I'm getting my most relevant data that I can actually make sense of you know you like yeah, 2020 mid 2020 made no sense 2021 yeah. we're not gonna get that 2022 there was first half was good second half was okay but still not sure exactly where it landed. And this year, you know, remains to be seen still. So 
back to that last like consistent, you know, 2016 to 2019 buyer's yeah. market type feel, it's at least, uh, you know, it's at least worth bringing it into the conversation now. It's very interesting to think about it from that perspective because the 2016, 2017, 2018, and then the 2018, 2019 was like you've already been through years of it and you were on the downside, which is kind of where we are now from right. 2021, 22, and now into 2023. Correct. It's kind of mimicking. Kind of interesting to think about it from that perspective. Let me ask you just from, from it's so tough with buyers, right? I mean, when deal volume goes down, we talked about the sellers. Um, let's shift the buyers. When deal volume goes down, these guys, even when they have the leverage, this is what I don't get, John. Uh, buyers will say, I want leverage. I want options. I want discounts. I want sellers against the wall in a challenging environment. It's like, check, 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 check. You got all of that now. It seems like it happened. It doesn't seem like we're actively falling at the moment. It seems like we fell. Correct. We're squirming on the ground and we're trying to get back up again. That's what it feels like. Why? Like, well, not why. What do you need to do to get these guys to pull the trigger? Like, is there any nurturing in this process? Lots of handholding, lots of math, <clears throat> lots of talking with different bankers, looking back on the history of financing and lots of educating them on different products they can take. Um, I think there's a lot of just general fear in the market with buyers, like fear, like you said, they have, yeah, I think you said, it's funny, nobody buys um, when it's on sale, only when it's starting to come back, you know, uh, same like with the stock market, like stock goes down, people are scared instead of buying then, and then they only, when it starts to do well, that's when they start to buy. So I think there's some general fear. I think they're listening to a lot of people saying, oh, the rates, the rates, the rates. Um, while they should be factored in because some people, especially the first time home buyer, they're looking at like a serious, you know, they're like hurting the most, like where their monthly payments will double at least for the near future. Um, so just trying to like help coach them that like, you know, in the long run, if you get X discount, though you may pay more upfront, this will still end up working out as a better deal for you, you know, over time. Great. All right. So, all right, John, I really want to get into it now. And I really want to get to the nuts and bolts of, of how you do what you do. So bear with me. It's sort of a big question. So, Go for it. you know, we've talked about the challenging market. And one of the things you, you mentioned that I think really resonates with a lot of folks is trying to set that expectation. So we have, you're trying to walk sellers and buyers through the process of, of transacting in a challenging market. That That's one thing. I'd like to understand how you manage those expectations. Number two, how do you keep a positive framework about it when, you know, as in a commission-driven business such as real estate, right? I mean, the commissions are being pushed forward. So you have to kind of understand that, all right, well, you know, the money I was making a couple of years ago might not be coming as fast now. How do you wrap your mind around that? And how do you still drive and thrive and grow your business in that environment? Sure. So, uh, I'll, I'll main, I'll start with the second part first. So it's kind of like mind, body, soul pipeline. Right. so, um, if you think about it, you know, we are kind of the 1% of agents, you know, like the pro athletes of agents, or we try to be anyways, and, and we should mimic, you know, s similar behaviors. So, um, meditation, journaling, personal development, coaching, diet, exercise, all of that. Anyone who's ever hit the phones cold calling all, all day, 
certainly knows that if they're feeling good and feeling jazzed up and, you know, they knock that out of the park versus hungover or just feeling like crap and, and, you know, how that experience goes. So I think focusing on maintaining your body, mind, and soul, so to speak, is so important. I cannot stress it. Plus the coaching aspect. I mean, I have three coaches and, uh, you know, my one coach always says, you know, an untrained mind is a weak mind, right? So our mind can be our best friend and our worst enemy. So I could easily think, God, I'm never going to do a deal again, which we've all had that thought. But if we just train ourselves, journal, you know, give our feelings a little space, but also know like what is just fear talking, it will help us pick up the phone that next day, help us answer that next day, and then all of a sudden the deal is happening. So I think taking care of your mind and body and soul is so important to your business regarding your pipeline um you know first what you should do to make money today kind of thing is also don't disregard uh, you know discard rentals um there's a lot of good rental work going on out there so five or ten thousand dollars a month in rentals while you kind of work out while the, the sales market kind of works itself out is is also definitely helps supplement things uh, but really, I focus on this time to like, instead of isolating myself and feeling like, God, the market is so terrible, uh, to kind of, you know, reach out to my sphere, my clients and work my VIP list uh, and really just nurture them, you know, meet up for coffee, you know, send them articles, anything I can do. First of all, it often generates referrals. So that's number one. And who wouldn't rather a referral than a cold call? Number two, it's made a lot of friends and they also, you see them like living in their apartment now and you're like, I am doing good. I am, you know, legitimate and I am, you know, doing the right thing. So I think that has been super helpful. Um, and then a lot of, actually my team recently has been doing some small free community events. Uh, and I think the, the, the thought process for that was like, we've sent out, 10,000 mailers a year for so many years, you know, which is, I don't know, like seven or $8,000. And I've gotten like, I don't know, three or four responses. And I don't think any of them ever transacted, you know, so not that you shouldn't do that, but uh, we haven't had great success with it. And we certainly tried. So to kind of like flip that, like, you know, idea and try something different look outside of the box we started with a easter egg hunt a free easter egg hunt around easter where we just posted it on some facebook groups local in the neighborhood in long island city in the upper east side uh, where we do a lot of work and have some community roots and so forth and the overwhelming response to these events i mean we had to stop accepting people like 200 people signed up and, and, and the amount it cost to do the event was like 700 bucks. And it, it was just like this aha moment at the first event where it went from, again, the first interaction of me with a person is them throwing my postcard in the garbage is now me, a human, right? That's part of Elegance thing, humanize the world of real estate. I am a human being. I am a father. I am a community member. And by the way, here's this free event. Your children are thrilled. And then we start talking. And oh, by the way, you had to register also for the event. So now you do receive the newsletter and, and market updates. And 
now we're you know then we did a flower pot decorating class and now uh, next week we have our pumpkin decorating one and again we've got about 400 people coming in you know split between two locations um some repeat folks that have been to previous events also so uh a it makes you feel good b i think it's a way more potent way to reach out and try and find new opportunities out there and uh and it's definitely been super helpful and rewarding at the same time so again that mind body soul pipeline they are into when they're interconnected i feel like we have we have a better chance to make it out in the other end than than just sitting in a corner sending postcards and just being depressed <laughs> you know john I, I i thought that last five minutes that you were just talking was absolute gold i really oh, thank you I, I think that was a fantastic question john uh, I totally didn't expect that answer. Uh, I was wondering where you were going. I was I was going to say, you know what? It's it's refreshing to have someone talk about the mental component. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we don't we don't really get into that at all. And we we you know some people have coaches and they swear by it. Some people have motivators. They swear by it. Um, people go to a gym. They have people spotting them, kind of to to help them get through. And and this is a tough business. And you know what? The fact that you took that whole concept, style, lifestyle, whatever you want to. Be, and you put it into a practical use case because so many agents are doing mailers mm. and having, I could probably, they could probably resonate with that experience. They've been doing it for years. Some agents are successful and, and they, I don't know how, God bless. They farm, yeah. they farm the building. They were in there. Yeah. But like, if you're breaking through yeah. and you're just starting, you could do years. Like, ah, I don't get that instant gratification. I, I yeah. hope they, they hear what you just said and come up with their own idea to do something similar because I think that's a fantastic what example of failing, thinking about it, trying something outside the box, being a visionary, and seeing it and having that aha moment right there is an amazing feeling as an entrepreneur. Thank you. We're all we're all entrepreneurs. So thank you for sharing that story. And my I, pleasure, Don. Unless you have anything else, I'm going to end it on that note. No, I think it's a perfect note to end on. It's a win-win. It's uh, it's it's a quite an uplifting story, actually. I love Thanks, it. guys. And I, again, I really keep doing what you're doing. You guys are so helpful. I just sent a couple of your articles out uh, this week to a bunch of folks as just to get a touch point to my VIP list. So really appreciate it. I love that. You thank make you me for, look good. Thank you for thank <laughs> you. Thank you for using our stuff the way it's supposed to be used. That's exactly the way we want you to distribute distribute to those clients and give them something exclusive. John Dugan, thank you so much. And I got to tell you, as a, as, a, as a former combat guy and, and, and a Michelin chef in a restaurant, those seem like kind of high stress, crazy yeah. environments. You are incredibly calm oh, and you. relaxed. <laughs> and and whatever you're doing, good job. John Dugan from Allegron, thank you so much for joining us. That is John Walker. I am Noah Rosenblatt. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, guys. <laughs>